And it's called God's Simple Plan of Salvation. And there's a lot of tracks and many good ones. This one has been around a long time. I, I, it was written by a guy, guy named Ford Porter in 1933. Amen. Uh, it's been translated into 129 languages. And as of, I don't know, a year or two ago, 660 million <laughs> had been printed. Just this little pamphlet, what's it about? Just what it says. God's simple plan of salvation. Because that is tonight, today, I'm going to keep saying that, the main thing. You can get a lot of things right and miss that. It ain't going to matter. Amen. So I want to preach this morning on, on God's simple plan. Let's pray again. Father, thank you for grace. Thank you for the uh, privilege to meet. Thank you for a reason to meet. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for believers here, God, that are growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Some that are here faithful. And God, I just uh, pray and ask for maybe somebody in here that's not saved. And there are millions of Americans in churches across the land today that good people, best of intentions, but are not scripturally born again. And I pray today, today if there's somebody like that, that uh, they'd get that thing uh, straightened out doctrinally. And I know, Lord, it's your desire that none perish. You tell us that over and over in your word and I pray that today be the day. And, and those of us that are saved, I pray that we be reminded that we live, in a, we live in a land where there is a famine for the word of God, that people that we work with, go to school with, live near, are on their way to a devil's hell without the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing their sin. Father, I pray, God, you just help us, meet with us, bear witness to our spirit, and may something happen here today that... Uh, that you'll be pleased with, and that we'll be able to go out of here saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I love you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege to preach here at First Bible Church. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for most of all. Again, I say for Jesus Christ, amen. Take your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians now, chapter 15. We're talking about God's simple plan. Uh, you know what? He didn't make it hard. He didn't make it complicated. That's what people do. People make things hard. God puts something out simple and some brain surgeon, and I'm not insulting any doctors by any means, uh, uh, somebody that's uh, uh, too smart for their own good will try to figure out how to complicate it a little bit so he can add his uh, little signature to it. And uh, God made it simple and he wanted it to be simple because we need it to be simple. In 1 Corinthians chapter um, 15, and it says this, we'll just begin in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which, ye, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, but which also ye are, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Let's in earth places uh, in America today, I hope this isn't one of them, where the gospel's preached, but it's going in one ear and out the other. That ain't going to do you no good. If you're in here and you're not saved, put your finger in one ear. Let that thing take root. <laughs> Amen. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you, uh, first of all, that which I also received. Here it is. How Christ died for our sins. Amen. That's what that thing's all about. 
I'm going to heaven. Praise the Lord. I know what this book says about it. I'm looking forward to it. I was a drug addict and a drunk and a a gang member, a professional criminal for most of my adult life. God has given me victory over all that stuff. Thank God. But that's not why he went to the cross to give us a home in heaven or to give us victory over bad behavior or to put our marriages back together. He went to the cross. That book says he died for our sins. Because our sins, our sins, yours, mine, everybody's, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our sins were taking us to hell. I had a guy say, I don't believe in hell. I said, well, you're going to one day. Amen. Amen. The Bible says it's real. I, I preached at a church in Tennessee a couple months ago, and, and, and they had people there. They had some people come one night, and they were nice people, and they believed in Jesus dying on the cross, and they believed that you were saved, but they didn't believe in hell. I don't get that. How do you, how do you take what the Bible says about heaven and believe that and ignore what it says about hell? It's a package deal, folks. Amen. And so, uh, let me find my notes here. We're going to have the shortest meeting in history. Amen. <laughs> Not because I don't have a lot of practice, it's that I'm getting older. <laughs> Amen. That verse goes on in verse 4 there in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Not according to grandma. Now, grandma told it to you right. Praise the Lord. But we're not, we're saved because we looked in God's book and believed what God's book said. And that book says many times in the Old Testament that Jesus died for our sins and was going to be buried and rise again the third day. And because he rose again the third day, because he was born of a virgin, because he was sinless, you and I have an opportunity to put our faith and trust in him, not our program. Not our denomination, not our religion, amen. Amen. Not our education, not our friends. We can put our faith and trust in him. He's the one that rose from the dead. And you get a hold of that, friend, and you're going to (laughs) too. You're going to rise from the dead. Conversely, if you don't, then it won't be God's fault. It wouldn't be God's desire, nor is it ours. But you die without Christ, you die without hope. And Jesus Christ came down here and went the distance and did everything he did so that you and I could have hope. That's what the winning side's all about. God, it's simple. It's a simple plan. Paul was worried that, there, that they would be, uh, uh, that by any means as the serpent began to leave to it suddenly so their minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. God intended it to be simple. Very, this is why. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have, listen to this, all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. It is God's desire that everybody get saved. Everybody. Amen. He knows every detail about every person and sent his son to the cross to make a way for our sins to be forgiven. He will have all men to be saved. It is not God's intention or desire that any human soul end up in the place that he prepared for the devil. 
Say, how can a loving God make a people, make people go to hell? He doesn't. A loving God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A loving God made a way for you not to get what the wages of sin require. Amen. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, God must really like me because I cleaned up my act and I quit doing this and I quit. He loved you at your worst. I don't get that, man. See, I know me. We all come in here today and we're all smiling. We're all nice. But I know me. And I'm honest about me. To myself, I'm not going to tell you. You'd call SWAT team. And I probably would on some of you too. But God knows every detail about every one of us. And boy, he saw something. He saw something that was redeemable. I'm glad he did. I'm sorry he had to go to the cross to make a way for me to get forgiven. But I'm glad he was willing to. And not just me. Everybody. The Bible says we're sin abounding. Grace did much more abound. God's got more grace than all of us put together have sin. Don't even pretend you can comprehend that. I've been trying for 30 years and I can't even grasp it, but it sure makes me thankful for it. Amen. Uh, You might say this. You might ask this question. Us preachers do that. We'll ask ourselves questions, answer them. I don't want anybody to raise their hand. Don't go there. How simple is it, Brother Spurgeon? Well, I'll tell you. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the singular, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there you go. It's not multiple choice. All right? It's not, okay, here's your options. I hope you make the right decision. Man, my track record for the first 37 years of my life, uh, I... I, I, I would have made the wrong choice. I made a lot of wrong choices. Some of you made some wrong choices too. And uh, so he doesn't just say, I am the way, the truth, the life. Duh, I added that. It goes on and says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is that clear enough? Nobody. You're not getting in any other way. People say, well, what about, what about, I've had it, man. I've heard people ask, what about the Eskimos? What about this? What about that? I say, look, man, the question at hand is this. What about you? Where are you going to spend eternity if you die in your present spiritual condition? Amen. And you get that thing straightened out. We'll talk about the Indians and the Eskimos and everybody, the penguins and I don't care. But the issue at hand is not what about them, it's what about you. Amen. Amen. And uh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, neither is, there, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's one choice. I don't know about you, man, but that's a blessing to me. Amen. I don't have to Google the answer. I know the answer. The answer is given in the test. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's how simple it is. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, you've got uh, 
you've got, uh, who are they? Again, I know, I know their names. Paul and Silas. And they're out there declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. People weren't happy about it. They get arrested. They get locked up. And uh, they're not uh, banging on the bars with their tin cup saying, woe is me, and nobody knows the sorrow I've been <laughs> or seen. <laughs> they're not doing that. You know what they're doing? It says there in uh, verse 25, I think it said, uh, they were singing, singing and, and, and praising God. Yeah, at midnight, locked up unjustly after being beaten. And the Bible says the prisoners heard them and the prison gates swung open and nobody left. Just take it from me, from personal experience. If you're locked up and the prison bars swing open, somebody's leaving. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, we'll do a little stint on America's Most Wanted for as long as <laughs> Amen. But nobody left. And the jailer, he saw the doors come open, but no prisoners left. Uh, he, he, it says in Acts 16, 29, and he called for a light. And, and sprang in and came trembling and fell down it before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? He knew something supernatural had just happened. And they made it real difficult, real complicated. No, they just said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's simple. This is God's simple plan. I mean, there's a lot of forces at work and religion, not the least of which, that tries to complicate what God intended to be simple. Amen? I got saved in a jail cell, six o'clock in the morning, looking at over 30 years in federal, federal prison, deserved every bit of it. I wasn't up there trying to be a victim and uh, ended up in a church service just to get out of solitaire and uh, volunteered for anything. And next thing you know, I'm in a church service and a preacher, some tie-wearing, cop-looking preacher is walking with a Bible and he says, I don't know what you men are uh, in jail for, but I just came to tell you that if you die in your sin, you got bigger problems than penitentiary. And I remember thinking, Oh, thanks for cheering me up. That's great news. So then he preached out of Luke 16. So after I do the rest of my life in prison, you're telling me I'm going to go to hell too. Isn't that nice? That's just great news. (laughs) I didn't like the message and I didn't like his Bible and I didn't like the preacher. And I sure didn't like that news. But I'll tell you what, now I left out of there. He gave an invitation for a person to get their sins forgiven. Say, maybe uh, you're not familiar with born again or saved or, or redeemed. Maybe not. You forget, for, you're familiar with the term forgiven? Everybody's familiar with that. Amen. He gave an opportunity, but the Bible says, if, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. My favorite punctuation mark. Period. That's what it says. Amen. And uh, that Bible says that if you can get a hold of that, you can be forgiven. That Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. And 
Like I say, I didn't respond to that invitation. Well, I was a big tough guy, gang member. Uh, you know, probably the biggest factor was I was worried about what my friends would think. You know what some of you, what's keeping you from Jesus Christ? And if you're saved, you know what's keeping you from selling out and living for God? You're, fr- you're afraid of what some of your friends might think. I'm going to tell you what your friends need. Your friends need for you to make a commitment and live like this thing's real so that they'll have a chance to get in on it. I don't want my friends to go to hell. That's why I wrote that book. Amen. Try to reach people in that lifestyle. Amen. They deserve it. I deserved it. You deserved it. But God, boy, he saw it different. I'm glad he did. And he made a plan. He made a plan of salvation. It was so simple. Any of us could get in on it. That book says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And it took me several weeks. You know, I'm a hard-head Irishman. Took me several weeks waking up in that cell. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to hell because I'm a sinner. Okay, well, if that's true, yep, I'm going. I was honest. I was that honest with myself. And then, and then according to the Bible, Jesus Christ, who I'd heard about, everybody in America's heard about him. Uh, Jesus Christ went to a cross to make a way for my sins to be forgiven. And the Bible says, uh, again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that would include me, you, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I deserve to go to hell, but I deserve to go to penitentiary. I deserve to go to hell. Uh, my lawyer can't get me out of the penitentiary thing, but the preacher said Jesus got me out. And, and, and if that's true, I'd be really dumb if I didn't get in on that. And I appreciate somebody having the courage to come to a place where it was not popular and tell me the truth. Because on November 30th, I acted on the truth and the best way I knew how. And I didn't know any language. I didn't know, save me. I didn't have any of that. I was a dopehead. I lived in a bike gang clubhouse for 15 years. But I tell you what, I got on my knees. I said, Lord, if that book's true, in my cell, if that book's true, I'm in more trouble than I thought. And if that book's true, your son said whosoever, and if that means me, and if I can get in on that, I want to get in on this. And I got saved. That's how simple God made it. Amen. God's simple plan this morning. Uh, uh, so that's how simple it is. Believe on the Lord. You might say, why is it so simple? Well, let's, let's face it. All right, we're talking about the creation of the human race. Uh, not what they're teaching in public school. Uh, the one according to the Bible. Remember, Adam, Eve, that thing. I did my family tree thing and nobody slithered out of the muck and the mire six billion years. I'm sorry. Some of, I do have relatives that swung from trees, but none by their tails. Some of you'll get that in a little while. <laughs> I'm probably not even telling the truth, but that is funny, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. So let's face it. The track record of the human race is pretty lame. Let me just prove it to you. So you got the first two people, Adam and Eve. All right. Perfect environment. One rule. One rule. You guys do anything you want. You roam around this paradise 
place. And, uh, but just stay away from that tree. One tree, that tree. Don't eat of it. Stay away from it. And they went, okay, just like you did when you were a kid, just like some of you do now. That's exactly the one you gravitate toward. What is wrong with our brain? <laughs> uh, well, we inherited it. We can blame part of it on them. Amen. Uh, because, you know, no peer pressure. They had no peers. I wonder what the elephants will think, you know. They, one rule and they blew it. How's that so far? And then human government takes over. <laughs> yeah, that's still not the answer, is it? By Genesis chapter 6, the testimony of the human race is this. Verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. <laughs> That's what he sees now. Difference between now and then is it said that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. And I know it seems like we're getting there. But I look around the room right now, and I know some of you, and, uh, and that's, uh, that is proof that that time, that circumstance does not exist because the thought of every man is not evil continually Amen. now. There's still some of us that love the Lord, love each other, care about souls, and we're in the minority. Amen. And that makes it more important than ever that we not let our mind be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And the gospel had to be simple. Uh, the, wall, the law didn't work out so well. Uh, God gave them the law and they couldn't keep that. And then, and then God made it a free gift. And again, he gave his only begotten son. And then the Bible says, for by grace he is saved through faith and not of yourself. And, and this salvation we're talking about, this forgiveness is a gift. And still, sad, most people are going to miss it. And the people that you talk to, well, I'm good. I'm good. How many times? I'm good. I don't want to hear it. Nobody's good until their, their name's in the book of life because this life's coming to an end. The Bible says in uh, Matthew 7 and verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. All right, well, that's hell. And then the next verse says, but straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. That's what we're talking about, eternal life. Sadly, it's narrow, only one way, Jesus Christ. But there's still a way. And the door's open and anybody can get it. Amen. The only qualification is that you're a sinner. Any sinners in here? <laughs> yeah, should have been louder than that. <laughs> but the verse finishes with these words, and few there be that find it with salvation offered to you as a free gift simply by putting your faith and trust in what Christ did on the cross for you. Amen. There's people that hear that go, hmm, wow wonder about that. You better quit wondering about it. You better act on it. You better act on it sooner than later. Amen. It's so simple that absolutely anyone can get in on it. Don't miss it. That means that one that's the farthest, farthest from, from, from what you might consider even having a shot, there's hope for them. Amen. I don't think anybody ever thought Dave Spurgeon was going to get it. I sure didn't. And I definitely never saw this coming. 
I told the Lord when he saved me, I said, Lord, I'm, everything I'm good at is illegal. I'm a crook. All my friends are crook. I don't, what am I going to do? He says, don't worry. We'll figure out something. <laughs> For 25 years, I've been driving around a motorhome yelling at people like you. Because <laughs> God cares about you. I'm sure glad he cares about me. Amen. Amen. I can make a mess out of anything. And, and I did for a long time and still do sometimes. Not as big of a mess, but at least I know where to go to get it right. The Bible said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you're not, you don't get perfect when you get saved. If you did, you'd be like him. And we're not like him yet. We're going to be much more like him. Right after that, what, trumpet blows? So... Uh, Paul wrote this. He said, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled leave to it subtly so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Well, who would want to corrupt it? And Genesis chapter three and verse one says this. Now the serpent was more, that's the context there in 2 Corinthians 11 is as the serpent beguiled leave. So let's go back to that. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, uh, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now that is the first question in the King James Bible. That's right. And it was offered by the devil. That's worthy of note because the question is, it concerns what God said. And that's exactly what the devil's still doing is trying to get you and I saved and lost to question what God said. And we have God's perfect finish work in English. Uh, We don't need to figure it out. We just need to believe it, act on it. Amen. So, uh, uh, so we're talking, so it's obvious who would want to corrupt it. And that's, that's the devil in verse four there in Genesis chapter three. And the serpent said unto the woman, yea, ye shall not surely die. She said, in the day we are thereof, we shall surely die. And the devil said, no, you won't. And that's the first lie in the Bible. <laughs> and it was the devil that told it. And what he was calling God a liar. There's four people. There's God, there's Adam, there's Eve people. You know, I'm trying. And the devil, and the devil tells them that God's a liar. So all this, I mean, they didn't even have social media or nothing back then. They're still doing it. So he calls God a liar, kind of subtly, you shall not surely die. But in John chapter 8, and verse 44, Jesus Christ returns the favor. And here you'll see what I mean. He said, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar (laughs) and the father of it. So uh, a serpent uh, suddenly called God a liar, but Jesus Christ wasn't very subtle at all. He just nailed it, didn't he? For he is a liar. Verse uh, five there in Genesis three, the Bible says, for God, and this is the serpent still talking, for the God, 
For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And boy, that was it, man. Eve knew what God said. Eve knew that she wasn't supposed to eat of it. She knew all that. But boy, the devil, and why she was talking to a snake, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know why some of you have. Ooh, that'll preach. Okay, and then, uh, and then uh, uh, she knew, so what did the devil do? He spiced it up a little bit. He said, wait a minute, the day you, you'll have, you'll be as God. And what I'm saying, what I'm, the point is this. He knew exactly what buttons to push to cause Eve to doubt God, to question God, didn't he? And she took out a fruit. And I got news for you this morning. He knows what buttons to push with you too. Cause you, I'm talking believers right now, to cause you to question the Bible, to doubt God. Amen. You know, like so many Christians aren't out witnessing like they should, aren't excited about these opportunities because they're not sound in faith. They're not grounded themselves. The serpent, the liar, the God of this world has successfully gotten them. Well, I'm not sure. Well, you could be. You need to be. And when you get firm in your belief, then you can be a witness for the grace of God. Maybe have something to do with one of your friends or relatives coming to the saving knowledge of Christ. They can. I heard it simple. Oh, that's right. I said it. The Bible says it over and over and over and over. So that's who wants to uh, complicate it. It said, let your mind be corrupted. That's who wants to corrupt it, complicate it. And he's got, he's got devices. And sometimes he, de- he corrupts it by adding stuff. I mean, the gospel's simple, right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but no, the devil, he likes to add stuff. In religion, they jump on it like good works. Good works. Uh, hey, listen, I'm all for good works. Good works are good. We were created unto good works. For by grace he is saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're not saved by works. But the next verse says you're created, for you are his workmanship created unto good works. Amen. Good works are good. Amen. But here's what the devil does. says, okay, you're saved. It's a gift. I can't talk you out of that. I mean, uh, it's a gift. And, and you got it, but now you got to work to keep it. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says not of works. Where do we get these things? Well, maybe that has something to do with that devil uh, trying to make it harder than it should be. He adds stuff to it. Like, okay, you're saved by grace. I know people in, other, in denominational churches that, that, that have salvation right. But they're afraid from one day to the next that they're going to lose it, that something they said or did or thought or looked at cost them to lose it. I'm going to tell you something. I couldn't live like that. Once I found out what hell really was and the fact that I deserved to go there, I didn't want to go there, and I was willing to do what I needed to do, which was simple, believe on Christ. And what a relief that that was settled. And then a few days later, a few months later, a few years later, I don't know what it was, but I realized that I'm still tempted and I still think things I shouldn't and sometimes I still say things I shouldn't and I still got a temptation to do things I shouldn't. And if every time that happened, I had to wonder if I was going to hell again. I'd throw in the towel, man. I'd be tired of losing I'm tired of this stinking flesh, but I'm glad that I know that my name is in the book of life, not because of me, but because God wrote it in there because I believed on his son. 
That's how simple he made it. Man, I'm going to tell you what, if you're saved in here, you got in on something. And I'm here to tell you, if you're not, you can get in on something. Amen. And I would encourage you to do so. He tried to add stuff like good works, amen, or, or baptism all over the country. Men are going to all 50 states. I can't go out of the country because I'm a federal convicted felon. And, uh, and I applied for a pardon, but that hadn't come yet. I never made a rock album or whatever Kanye did. I don't know. But anyway, it didn't work. Amen. Rap, rap. <laughs> I think I ever run rap. It was a Snickers bar. That didn't get me no good. Amen. But, uh, but uh, I forgot what I was talking about, but that was funny, wasn't it? That was real funny. Sometimes I travel all the country. You know, it's amazing what you, we run into people that think uh, uh, baptism. You got you to, oh, you can say a prayer, but then you got to be baptized. And okay. All right, really? Okay, let's just show it to me. But it ain't in there. Salvation doesn't have anything to do with baptism. And baptism's good. And it's a a public declaration of a good conscience toward God. But when the Ethiopian eunuch uh, uh, had had Philip uh, explain uh, Isaiah 53 to him, and, and, and he said, here's water, what does tender mean to be baptized? Philip made sure that the Ethiopian eunuch knew that, okay, yeah, we can do this, but you need to understand something. This has nothing to do with salvation. He says, uh, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. He said, okay, baptism is a good thing but it's not salvation. And so what the devil says, all right, you got to, yeah, God did this and he said this, but you got to add this, 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 and this, and that's a lie. And next thing you know, it's so stinking complicated and what makes it worse is that you get a hold of some of that stuff and you start believing it and and then you meet somebody else and they say, no, no, it's not that, it's this, and no, no, it's not that, it's not that. And next thing you know, you're like, you're as as mixed up as a termite in a yo-yo. Does anybody even know what a yo-yo is? Do they still make yo I don't know. Amen. But God didn't want it to be that way. God made it simple. I'm glad I got in on it. Amen. Amen and amen. And the devil tries to, uh, tries to complicate it. Sometimes he, he, he adds stuff to it and sometimes he oversimplifies it. And there are churches all over America today where people will be, they'll smile more than me and they never raise their voice. And I say, Jesus loves you. And if you'll just say, one, two, three, repeat after me and give them a little, and you'll be, you'll go to heaven. And people are doing it because who wants to go to hell? But it, that's a lie of the devil. It's not a prayer. This isn't a religious thing. This is by faith. Believe in your heart, it says, like Brother Eli said. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth a confession is made unto salvation. Amen. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him should not be ashamed. Yeah, there's a declaration involved. But the salvation thing is getting a hold of the fact that Jesus Christ, the sinless son of God, was nailed to a cross for you. you. Knowing every detail. That's the part that boggles my mind. I got details I don't want to think of myself, let alone want anybody else to know. And God knew him and went anyway. Wow. I tell you what, keeping that in mind makes it easy to sell out. Amen. Try to get victory over this stinking flesh. It sure helps me. Amen. Talk about God's 
simple plan this morning. I'm glad it's simple, aren't you? Amen. Amen. Uh, The serpent beguiled Eve with his subtlety. In other words, he didn't appear to Eve like he really is. He didn't. No horns, no tail, no little pitchfork. Amen. Devil's not a cartoon character, friends. If he appeared to her the way he really is, a damned, fallen angel, corrupt. If he would have, she wouldn't have been talking to him. She'd have been running from him. But he's subtle, and he can change up. Amen. And I tell you, the same goes for today. It said in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Their their end is hell. But I'm going to tell you what, they're going to take a lot of people with them. Amen. That's what the devil wants. Satan knows that if he appeared to humans the way he really is, they would run from him, not to him. Amen. Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, he's the God of this world and he's blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, I love the wording, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. This is what devil does. Satan blinds minds. He deceives people. He deceives people. To keep lost people lost. And a lot of them are, I mean, evil, wicked, mean, and nasty. I'm talking about that's one thing. But there's millions of good, decent, honest, moral, hardworking, good neighbors, uh, good work. And they're deceived too. Because they don't see their need. And that's why the need needs to be declared. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The ground's level at the cross. You might be the best person in the community, but that's not going to get you into heaven. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And he wants to. Amen. All right. So when we say lost, lost people lost, lost means people that aren't saved. God wants them to be saved. He does. He wants everybody to be saved. But if, uh, if you're in here and you're not saved this morning, yeah, then that includes you. You're lost. You say, I'm not lost. I know exactly where I am. Uh, I'm from Ohio. I have, really have no clue where I am. Some of you are from around here. You know exactly where you are uh, physically. But if you're not saved in here this morning, I got an advantage over you because I know where I'm going to spend eternity. And you might hope and even think but you don't have the confidence that I'm talking about that comes with putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. That is God's simple plan. Amen. Amen. Bible says this in uh, Romans chapter 10, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the verses previous to that explain, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God hath raised from the dead. You have to comprehend that Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross to make a way for your sin to be forgiven. And you get a hold of that and you call upon the name of the Lord for forgiveness, he'll forgive you. I did it. I know it works. I tried this. Do not try this at home. I tried it at home. Well, it was a jail cell. Yeah. And it works. How many know it works? Praise the Lord, it works. If you've never done that, you need to do that. You need to do that while there's time. Amen. 
because that book also says, whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast in the lake of fire. And those two whosoever's, it shouldn't be hard to pick the one you want to be on. The Bible says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And that's easy one to answer. It won't profit anybody anything. Amen? So if you're not saved, the Lord went to the cross to make a way for you to be saved. He's willing to save you. He's not willing that any should perish. He made it simple. Some of us, some of us not as smart as you in some ways, we got in on it. Please, if you're in here, don't die and go to hell. Don't wait too late. And you might say, okay, well, you give me a lot of information this morning, but how, how late is too late? You tell me. That book says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know what the rest of the country reads in the news every day? People in your area stepping into an eternity, into eternity at a rate un, un conceivable and you're reading about it too and you know it's true and I don't know what I got plans I'm trying to drive back to Ohio today and tomorrow and I got a little girl that's three weeks from having her first baby and I've got I but God can interrupt my plans the devil can interrupt my plans but I'm gonna tell you what there's one thing nobody can interrupt because that day 31 years ago I got saved if tomorrow doesn't work out the way I got it planned, it will work out the way he's got it planned because the Bible says absent from the body is present with the Lord. So I got that confidence and I don't claim to be the smartest person in, in any room. When my wife and I are in a room together alone, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'll admit that. But I'm smart enough to get this thing settled. And I got a lot of regrets in my life. And, uh, but I don't regret that. Never one time have I regretted getting saved. Amen? If you're near and you're not saved, you don't know. You don't have this assurance that you're going to hear about from the pastor in a second. You can have it. Say, well, that's, I've been taught. I've been, you got questions, we'll answer them. From the Bible. Not our library from Bible college. We'll just, add, we'll just open the Bible. What an idea. Let's all stand. Pastor, you come.